0: Hi, my name is Ian Parry, and welcome to What the Future, the podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. We have a clear mission to create an inclusive and diverse community that enables individuals to unlock their potential and develop their career. Today, we're chatting with Sarah Morgan and Cam Colton about safety in the workplace now and into the future. Hello, both. Hi, Hello. you. Hello. Both. <laughs> um, so, thanks for joining me today. Um, and I know you both. Uh, pretty well. I know this is a really important topic too, so I'm really looking forward to this one. So let's jump into the questions. Sarah, just with you first of all. Then, what's your definition of, of safety at work? Because I suppose I'm interested in: are we talking about health and safety? Are we talking about psychological safety? Are we talking about caring for people? What, what What's your definition? What do you want to dive into today?
1: So for me, it's more about psychological safety. Um, it's interesting. The, I think there's a, there's a crossover with health and safety, um, but ultimately it's, with psychological safety, it's almost the opposite in that in an environment that is safe for someone in a psychological way, they're allowed to fail. Whereas from a health and safety point of view, you know, tripping down the stairs, carrying a hot coffee is not such a great plan. No. Um, But yeah, so psychological safety to me is is being allowed to fail, being allowed to learn, um, not having to be um, immediately brilliant at everything in the moment and the recognition that. Um, through failure through um, trips along the way no pun intended um, you can actually reach a better outcome and and improve and and grow and develop as, as a person as a team and as an organization and I think that the other side of it is around being allowed to contribute and allowed to challenge so having the space to be able to um Bring a different perspective, um, tell the boss they're wrong, and why that you think there's a different or a, or a better way of doing it. But then, and I think this is the absolutely critical bit: once the decision's made, everyone in the team pulls the same way, even if they've disagreed, even if they've been able to surface their their contention. Once the decision's made, everyone goes the same way because I think we've all been in that place where there's a, a dissenting voice who doesn't really feel like they've been heard. And then they unpick and, and almost work against the team to prove their point. Yes. So I think that there's a, a responsibility within the team to get behind the decision once it's made as well.
0: OK, cool. Um, and how, how about you, Cam? What's your, what's your definition? Is it, is it quite a lot different from Sarah's or is it sort of supportive?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with a lot of, well, everything that um, Sarah said, actually, um, and you've put it probably a lot more eloquently than I would have. Um, but it is about, um, I agree with her, it is about, um, you know, leaders ensuring that um, the environment is a, is a place where their employees can, you know, basically say whatever is on their mind of course within reason we're in a professional setting but you know if you have ideas if you have if you just want to comment on something you know feeling confident enough to be able to do that you know leaders can help with that I think
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um and you know and the same as you said raising concerns suggesting ideas challenging things you know all of that I think is um uh, very important in terms of um if, if you want that, um, psycho- psychological safety is very important. Um, and also about, um, you know, the, the risk attached to that. You know, you, 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 people f- sometimes don't speak up because, you know, there is an element of risk there. Um, and, you know, it's linked to your point about, you know, be, being allowed to fail sometimes, um, given permission to take that risk because it will be taken in good faith you know, and your challenge will be taken in good faith Um, and not having, you know, if you say something in a meeting or whatever, um, it not being um, taken in such a way and and in a way that it will then impact, you know, how you're treated outside of that meeting, for example. So, yeah, um, absolutely agree agree with what you say there.
0: Hmm. And Cam, you said something on LinkedIn the other day, um, as part of a debate around um, on, on our future leaders page, and we were talking about interviews, um, and you talked about the the idea at interview of being honest and open about what you're good at and what you need help with. Um, you know that that that's really starting from the beginning, I suppose, as far as creating that psychological safety, being being comfortable saying this is what I'm not good at. Like the the old the old question of talk to me about your weaknesses and and always trying to couch them as you know I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, <laughs> that's my weakness. Yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is genuinely my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It it, it is about um, even at this at the beginning creating an environment where someone feels safe enough to talk about you know, what they're good at and what they're not so good at, you know, what they'd like to do, and what they wouldn't like to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and make and sort of making that assessment together, because I think it's beneficial both, you know, to to the person applying, but also to the employer to, you know, honestly, understand, you know, genuinely understand, you know, the whole picture, rather Mm -hmm. than just that sort of sliver that you're presenting in that 30 minute or an hour slot you know which is not it's not real is it you know we all have to sort of sometimes pretend to be people that we we are not and you know uh, just thought it wouldn't it be nice to change that yeah and just be be genuine in an interview yes
0: and what's sorry Sarah. go on you oh,
1: just a, yeah absolutely because ultimately if you're pretending to be something that you're not if you're overstating your strengths and understating your weaknesses someone's going to get a shock once you're in role and it's probably going to be yourself. um it's being able to make it much more of a two-way process rather than a i'm only going to show my very best side and hope that i get the role like really enabling that conversation to be quite honest without ego is is meaningful isn't it
0: mm, it is and is that, is that, you know, one of the reasons you wanted to talk about safety today, Cam, to sort of share some of your experiences?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. So, mm. you know, um, I'm quite introverted in nature. Um, so naturally, I, I shy away from um, change and, um, you know, things, think taking risks and things like that. Um, my sort of first instinct is
0: ah, (laughs)
2: Um, and and when I was younger you know I dealt with that um, by not doing things not saying things not correcting people when they were wrong Um, and you know but as as I've grown older you know had different experiences and entered the working world um, I think uh, being lucky enough to have worked you know fairly early on in my career, in a team that sort of, you know, that term may not have been used at the time. But, um, you know, they created an environment where psychological safety was important. Mm. um, And it was put into practice as well. And so I, you know, I I learned loads, you know, um, I've grown, I grew in confidence. um, You know, I was doing things that I never thought I would ever do. Um, and and you know and doing it with confidence which um, to me it was a really big thing for me because as a kid I was always um, labeled quiet and shy and you know she's got the brains but she doesn't really talk in class you know that sort of I was that sort of kid and so to be able to you know finally talk confidently in meetings for example you know it doesn't I was encouraged Steve Rose shout out to you um (laughs) I was encouraged to go to meetings with you know so-called senior people and you know give that update and um to ask questions and to to you know treat them as peers as opposed to you know those intimidating senior managers um and you know and I think that That is what um, has made me sort of interested in it. Um, But also um, fairly recently, so after I had my first daughter, um, I experienced the the hardship that is, you know, coming back from maternity leave. Mm. Um, I I experienced, you know, um, reduction in my confidence, um, you know, feeling like, it, it was almost like I had taken some steps back, you know. Okay. Um, I, I had, almost like I had to start from the beginning again and, and build myself up. Um, and um, you know, that that was like that was a few years ago now. Um, but I think when I when I got back into work, the environment had changed somewhat, and um, and it's only recently that I felt, you know. Uh, that sort of focus on psychological safety um, has been, you know, uh, real effort has been uh, taken to kind of ensure that there is some of that. And, And that has recently, you know, I feel like I've emerged from this really dark place and I'm finally, you know, finally found my voice. I'm finally saying what I want, doing what I want. And I think that a large part of that is, that some of the people that have been around to sort of you know help me do that and psychological safety has been like you know a massive um massive part of that
0: That that's cool and and how about you Sarah? what's kind of drawn you to to sort of talk about this today
1: so interestingly it's almost the opposite of cam so i've had One or two good, but mostly dreadful bosses. And I've had some awful experiences where learning wasn't allowed. There was an expectation that you know everything immediately and you may not ask questions and you may not make mistakes. Um, And really interestingly, growing up in my leadership career in technology, a real sense that the engineers and the developers were allowed to fail, they were allowed to do their MVP and develop iteratively and learn from their mistakes, but from an operational and delivery perspective, then any mistakes were forbidden and and Mm. not allowed, and there was no learning and growth allowed. And really, I banged the drum for blame-free retrospectives in operations for quite a long time in terms of, we can't get to the root of why a problem's occurred if everyone's arse covering, basically. So that was that was quite a strong theme throughout my technical career. And then as I got more senior and realized how toxic a lot of workplaces were when it comes to um, enabling their, their teams to feel safe. Um, and I've never been backwards about coming forwards. I've always been prepared to state my case in a in a polite way, and I'll back it up with, with data and, and knowledge where I can. And I love a debate. I mean, Ian, you know I love a debate. Mm. Um, and there was one experience I had um, that just really shocked me to my core, and that was where I was in disagreement with someone senior to me, so I'd come with quite a lot of data to back up why I believed that my perspective was correct um, and was met with the phrase, have you got daddy issues? And it just really, it was one of those really pivotal moments in my career where I thought I never want another human being to have to go through this because it is not okay. Um, and actually, it was probably that moment, along with a few other things that made me really think I want to set up my coaching business mm. and I want to enable organisations to be brave enough to put the egos aside to develop a, a, a an environment that is safe for people and give people the tools to uh, agitate for that safety, I guess. Mm. Um, it's just it's not OK. No one should ever be made to feel like that in a in a meeting no matter how senior or junior they are
0: i'm i'm kind of um gobsmacked sarah
2: <laughs> that's same goodness have i not told you that story before ian
0: well maybe you have but it's it's going to keep gobsmacking me every time you tell me um it's it
1: was um yeah it was, it was a moment it. it was a moment that's for sure
0: yeah. i mean i'm not it, I'm, I'm sure if if you know that was hit with me i would be left kind of just startle just wh- where do you go with that yeah you
2: yeah. know and I imagine it's it's it something would only say to a woman as well
1: yes which, um, is annoying
2: yeah. isn't it very
1: mm. yeah no one would ever say to a man "Have you got daddy issues um so there's definitely some uh some latent misogyny in that.
0: yeah wow
1: and,
2: and what, one of the most annoying things I i find as well is you know when when every organization has a set of values and we all know people (laughs) you are just they just do not hold those same values um and and you know over the years i've kind of uh one one of the ones when it first came out i thought "Mm, don't know about that it was be brave Mm. and um and i thought Mm, I I was feeling quite low and negative at the time. So, uh, you know, I think my opinion has changed a little bit. But, um, you know, um, I think if you're going to have a value like that, you really need to not just talk. Absolutely. Value, be brave. But, you know, I, I saw a situation where somebody decided to be brave, but then they were reprimanded. For, for it. So, um, yeah, I, I just think the two sort of need to connect, don't they, as well? Yeah,
1: without any shadow of a doubt.
0: Yeah, they do. And it's almost brave to put that in as a value, because you really do have to be really clear what that means as an organisation. You talk about it um, so that you don't find yourself in those those sorts of situations where People feel like they were being brave by flagging something up or challenging, and then the boss saying, "Well, no, that wasn't brave. That was unprofessional." And it's just that that perspective. Um, yeah, fascinating. And that,
1: yeah. It's often the challenge, isn't it, with values or with any any measurement, whether that's around behaviours or or anything else. It's like there's not potentially an unintended consequence. Mm so you know if you think about it in different scenarios what might be the unintended consequence and therefore do you need to have a a balancing value to ensure that that doesn't doesn't occur um so yeah be brave but also support your people in their bravery
0: yes yeah i would say so and we we kind of talking we kind of got into some bad examples here but let's let's Sort of talk or hear about the good examples you're both you're both familiar with i mean sarah you do lots of coaching your network is very vast um tell me like who you think's doing well and and you know if if, if you think it, it's warranted kind of shout out who they might be
1: so i think the people who do well are or the people who do psychological safety well are the people who are really comfortable with their own strengths and weaknesses and don't lead with ego. The leaders who recognize that if they bring in people who are better than they are, they'll build something better Mm. rather than feeling threatened by somebody who might be more senior or more capable or more whatever. Um, so I listen very carefully for leaders in terms of the language they use, particularly when they talk about their hiring strategies, you know, are they bringing in people who are, you know, a players because they want to raise everybody's game, or are they bringing in people who they feel that they're slightly superior to? And I think that's a real, um, a real indication of psychological safety. Someone who is not coming from, from an ego position.
0: Hmm. But how do you how do you get to that? Because because I'm not. I'd expect nobody saying things as black and white as that. So you know, I'm bringing in somebody that's just a little bit worse than I am, just to keep me on my toes. But also, I know I know where they are. How how do you yeah. kind of hear that in in their explanations? What are you listening for?
1: So part of it is around their. Um, their their conversations with their people and how they get to decision making so actually it's a great question i think some of it's around their i call it black box thinking if you've ever read the matthew sead book yeah. um, you know are they looking for um a, a culture and are they talking about things where people are allowed to um manage up challenge ask questions learn develop so I'm listening for phrases and words that let me know that they've got that um that concept and somebody um Somebody was talking about that um, they have a, a scale up, basically, and they were talking about their hiring policy and they said, I only ever want to recruit people who can do a job better than I can do it, because otherwise I should be doing it. And I just thought that was a brilliant way of describing it. Mm. Um, yeah, just really, you know, there was z- zero ego, and they you know, CEO and founder of this organization, but there was zero ego in that. It was, can someone do the job better than me? Yes, right, you've got the job. If not, then I should be doing it rather than yeah. assuming that I can lord it over someone else.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good one. And how how about you, Cam? Have you sort of seen others do this really well? And if so, you know. Who might they be? Do you you think they'd like to hear a shout out from you on on, sort of (laughs) you praising them in this way?
2: Oh, I have loads of people that I could um, give a shout out to. Um, So as as I mentioned before, when I was, uh, when I sort of started my career, I was uh, with the corporate policy and performance team at the council, um, led by Jason Lowther. And he was just, you know, brilliant um uh you know approachable always said hello you know always made you feel part of the team I remember going to a a a training course and he was actually you know presenting Mm. and and somebody from another council just you know looked at me and said is that is he is he real because he was just so you know enthusiastic about everything and um and I was like no yeah he's like that all the time (laughs) it's not a show he's not putting on a show um but yeah he he you know he was encouraging he you know he very thoughtful um and you know and that sort of you know that that sort of set the standard I think for the rest of the team and one of the things I really remember um that sort of it was a turning point in my life I was quite uh, quite a junior in a quite a junior role I was getting quite fed up because I wasn't being challenged and um, and then um, suddenly he was like you know okay we need to be better at project management here um, and he just signed everyone up from the whole team it didn't matter if you were you know senior manager or you were you know a, a admin everybody's going on it so we're all speaking the same language and i just remember thinking oh this is brilliant you know yes. this is just this is just what i needed actually um you know an opportunity to kind of get my brain working again mm. and uh, and i just thought that you know that kind of sums up what i you know really like about um teams and leaders it's that whole you know everyone's in it together mm. you know it, it, hierarchy let's just get rid of that (laughs) and let's not worry about that we're all peers here and you know everybody's opinion counts and anyone can you know if there's a meeting anyone can say something in that meeting you don't have to sit there quietly in the corner um and you have something to offer you have something to contribute that's useful so so i really appreciated that and then sort of um as as i uh, developed as the team developed um uh, they created a research and insight team I knew nothing about research apart from what I've done at university and I did English Lit mm. um, so um um you know that was a new team headed by Steve Rose and I remember feeling quite intimidated by him when I first met him um he was you know so intelligent and confident and you know just knew he just knew um research and insight and I just thought oh, I'm not sure I'm gonna <laughs> I'm not sure I'm gonna like meet his expectations but you know and he won't mind me saying he's not perfect but I think what I really really liked about him was he took the time to learn he took the time to um understand people who were you know who perhaps work differently to him and, um, you know, he just provided lots of opportunities for us to do interesting things and, you know, and made us feel like, you know, it, it, that, that we were adding value. So shout out, Steve. And could I just mention the rest of the team as well? Because, you know, it was a team effort.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Rosie, Susan, Rav, Zoe, Gurdip and David, shout out to all of you guys. <laughs> You're absolutely brilliant. And I miss, you know, working so closely with you. <laughs> at the risk of sounding like oh you know talking about the good old days all the time
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: um but yeah yeah really really enjoyed that period in my life
0: you no know, you and you can see obviously our, our listeners can't see your face but the difference in in your sort of demeanor and your face and your expressions when you're talking about these people that you admire um and obviously you're, you're you know no doubt you'll still be in touch with them just that your face lights up actually and mm-hmm. you can just sort of hear it coming through as well so it's um it's, it's it's good to it's good to hear it actually as we move away from the you know the the, the bad examples into some of these great examples you've got as well
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, could i just mention sorry sarah um before, before you go on um uh, you know uh, i was saying um that recently I feel like I'm emerging out of this sort of dark um, place. And one of the reasons, you know, I, I feel like I've made such progress actually is um, that currently in my workplace, um, they've created, you know, um, safe spaces for people to talk about things that are important to them. Okay. Um, we've had access to, you know, very senior people who are, you know, who, who have influence, so director level, chief executive level. And, you um, and, you know, and some of these people are regularly attending some of the sessions and, you know, and you can have a direct conversation with them. And I think mm. that has been so empowering. And, you know, the fact that, you you know, you, you you're saying something. So it's not not typing something into a staff survey, it being, you know, the data being crunched and then it being sort of, um, you know, it's one line, basically, you know, yeah. 50 people yeah. said this it's actually a conversation you feel like you're being listened to. And I think that is so powerful. Oh. Um, and, and in terms of psychological safety, um, you know, it, it was a safe place where we could actually, you know, even the challenging hard to hear stuff we could talk about. Mm. Um, so um, that's definitely something, you know, once I'm a leader, a great leader, <laughs> something that I want to take on board as well, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a great bit of learning for me. Um, Shout out to Richard Brooks, Mina Kishnani and um, Deborah Brooks and Craig Scriven for that one.
0: Sounds like a great initiative, actually.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. I used to do, I guess it was similar. I I called it Sit Down with Sarah because I'm a fan of a bit of alliteration um but it was basically every team could bring one person and they'd circulate it around the team and they just came for an hour hour and a half I'd bring treats um and they'd sit and stuff their faces with chocolate but just talk about anything that they wanted to um I did that both at Ovo and at Good Energy and it worked so well because it just gave people that exactly that that forum to be able to say anything and everything um and I always committed that I would respond so the whole team whether it was something we could do couldn't do but why um and yeah so some days it was like standing in a hairdryer but it was brilliant because I got a real temperature check of what's it like on the ground what are people actually experiencing what's really irritating and and what's brilliant um so yeah I'm I'm a massive fan because so I don't know how you could do the alliteration it wouldn't quite work coffee with cam but i would attend any session that had chocolates (laughs) (laughs) well that was it to begin with i had to kind of bribe them to come to to help them understand that it was okay to say what was on the ground and we're allowed to say you know this is just not okay um because it's the only way you find out yeah but
2: but i think you know saying this is a safe space this is you know that it's so powerful because yeah. some, sometimes that's all it takes to unlock, you know, yeah. someone's, someone's voice, someone's perspective, someone's view. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So just, just thinking then about, um, I, I like to leave the podcast for our listeners with, with something to take away. So a little bit of a takeaway from, from, from you both, really. So if I was going to either improve my safety in the workplace or the safety of my team... What what's the sort of thing that I could do like today? So what could I what could I try to do that would be really helpful, practical? Uh, I would make a difference. Do you think, um, Sarah? If you wouldn't mind starting with that one?
1: Yeah, so if you're a leader, the first thing is ask your people if they feel that they're allowed to fail and learn from those failings, and if they feel that they're allowed to challenge. And if on either of those questions, the answer is no, then get really curious about why. Why don't they feel safe to fail and learn? Why don't they feel safe to challenge? And what would they need in order to be able to do those things? Um, I think that's the the key from a leadership perspective to really getting to the point where your team know that you're actively trying to develop that. And then provide air cover if you're in a middle management role so that they don't end up catching it from the upper echelons if you're encouraging them to do something that's culturally um, off work. Um, And then as an individual, working on your personal resilience first and foremost, so that you're in a really solid position to then be able to ask for the ability to do those things. And if the answer to that is no, you may not. Then it's absolutely time to dust off your CV and move on,
0: yeah,
1: or get in touch with a great coach who can help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all very really good and valid points, Sarah. Um, <laughs> and, and how about how about you, Cam? What can I what can I do today to help my team or myself?
2: Um, I, th- I think you all kind of already do this, and you're very good at this. I was going to um, talk about how. Um, you know just how you sort of approach the this podcast for example you know I've already talked about how you know how these sorts of experiences are you know uh, difficult for me Um, but there's lots of things you know you understood that so I think one of the things is um, knowing your team um, understanding you know what what will make them um, you know work to their full potential or reach their full potential potential um and um and sort of put putting in place um things that will help them get there and um yeah and not everybody likes um you know t- to talk in meetings or to um you know debate yeah i know sarah you like a good debate but um but not everyone does um yeah. so it's about um, providing spaces that are suitable you know and inclusive um, I think that that one would probably be the biggie for me
0: cool thank you so w- we've got to the end of the podcast that's gone really quickly
2: how how is that passed already I know. I know. <laughs> really enjoying it
0: <laughs> so I mean for me if I and I, I like to oversimplify things so forgive me give me some latitude here but What I've really taken from this is, um, this is a lot of bad examples, but there's some great examples too. And actually this this idea of psychological safety, it's not about being soft. It's not about sort of placating people. It's, It's delivering a better business outcome. It's delivering better performance. It's allowing people to grow. It's allowing people to accelerate their learning which in turn moves your business along far, far quicker. So that for me is the thing here. It's, it's not about trying to tick a box or to say, you know, we've got the psychological safety trust mark um, <laughs> box ticked, well done s, And we've got a value that says we are psychologically safe, all of those things. So that's what I've really learned from you both today. So thank you for that. And thank you for, for, for making the time. So, as always, thank you for choosing to listen to What the Future. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, then please hit the subscribe button and tell others about us. And finally, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to hear that mentoring is a hugely valuable step on the leadership journey f- for us. And we're here to help make that difference. If you feel the same way, then, then please get involved. Um, tap the join us button on our web page which is www.futureleadersmentoring.com and follow us on LinkedIn uh, to jump in on any conversations that we've got and this is how we found you Cam actually you were jumping into our conversation showing wonderful uh, leadership stories and, and and whatnot and now you're here joining us as a as a guest speaker on our podcast so thank you both Um, Thank you both for for sort of sharing your journeys with us today. Uh, But for now, goodbye, and we will speak again soon.